The number one fan-made podcast in the country is back here again this week for another week of pontification, speculation, and all-round general bants about Melbourne Victory Football Club. Dave is my name. I'll be your host this evening. Joining me tonight is the man of the people, Budzer. Good evening, sir. Hey, guys. I feel satisfied now I'm with you all. Um, I'm a bit emotionally drained, though. Um, it's a bit of a later filming or recording for us this evening and I just um I just watched an episode of Married at First Sight so I'm really emotionally drained uh before coming into here and having watched and listened to two games of Melbourne Victory playing football this week as well it's been a sapping week but let's bring it bring it live yeah you do look a bit rattled but that will not take away I'm sure from your delivery this evening. Uh, also along for the ride is Clarkie. Uh, good evening, sir. Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, pumped to talk about these two scintillating games of football with you all. Lovely. Now, we have a big, big podcast for all of you this evening. The headline act is none other than Socceroo and current Melbourne Victory left-back Jason Davidson. But before we talk about that, Jason... Let's introduce a different, shall we say, less famous Jason. He's back, our man, Jace. Welcome back to FBS Legend. Thank you. Thank you, boys. It's um, it's good to be, huh? Fuck, really? Sorry, boys. I'm getting a message from the producer. We just have to um, cut to a quick uh, message from our sponsor. Thank you, thank you to mate for uh, for those words. Um, no, yeah, thank you, uh, Dave, for the for the warm mm. welcome back. Um, I think it's been I don't know how long it's been three months maybe since I've been on an episode. I'm kind of hopefully back for at least a few more weeks. I'm heading back to the states at the end of March, so um, trying my best to kind of uh, slot in where I can. I've kind of kept on top of everything where I can in amongst kids and work and all that kind of uh, shit that everyone else has going on. But unfortunately, I've been blessed with three kids that don't sleep, and uh, I don't get much sleep or much opportunity to to jump on a podcast. So uh, thank you guys for uh, you three for kind of continuing the awesome content each and every week. I know that uh, everyone that listens each and every week is um, very very thankful for it, and you guys have kind of reached a new level with it each and every week. So thank you for for that and kind of filling the void while I've uh, been slowly slowly trying to get my shit together. I reckon people are jumping up and down in there, wherever they're sitting, listening to this podcast right now, uh, hearing your voice again, I'm sure will uh, make them melt, Jason. Now, let's let's just break down this podcast this evening for all you fuckers out there. There are two games to discuss. There is a new Academy partner at the club. Uh, you heard that correctly, Academy partner, no actual Academy. Um, and importantly, we talk to fan favourite Jason Davidson. Uh, now, it's not like he had to endear himself to, like much more to the fan base, but this interview will certainly do that. 
And then finally, we look ahead to our Friday night game against Brisbane Raw. Now, before we do, uh, and with Jason and I kind of co-hosting, maybe it's it's a bit of a shared effort tonight, but look, I think it might be timely uh, for us to mention you know, how this podcast sort of got started or you know, in terms of how it mm-hmm. keeps going for those that are relatively new to FES. Um, we kind of pretty much just do this because of our fans. So if you are interested in supporting us, it's patreon.com slash for fuck's sake. Now, someone, uh, Jason, you can, you can run through the brand new arrivals for this week, uh, people that have joined the community. Yeah, I can certainly do that. Now, everyone who listens to the FES podcast since way back when, 2015, knows that my pronunciation of the ethnic <laughs> names is, uh, is not too good. I'm going to try. Um, I think we've got some nice Anglo names in the mix here. So uh, <laughs> thank you for throwing me a few easy ones here. The first one I'll start off with is Jabba Malice. I don't know what that is. That's not a that's not a, kind of an Anglo name, but I don't think. You, you're, you're a mate with him, aren't you, Clarky? Yeah, Jabba's a good South End lad. So <laughs> Okay. Thank you, Jabba, for coming individual. on board. I, of course, we all know, we all remember Jabba from the the Channel V days. Uh, massive pothead. <laughs> I'm not too sure if this Jabba is uh, is the same. Um, no, definitely not the, the same. <laughs> Paul Richards, uh, Luke Poiser, uh, Ryan Schaefer, Connor Price. Thank you for jumping on board to the Patreon. That is Patreon.com/slash for fuck's sake. The boys, in particular, Clarky, have been doing a bang up job, kind of bringing together that community on Patreon through Discord. Uh, that is humming all day long. Uh, I know that my notifications are going off on that all day long. You get access to that if you jump on board as a Patreon. Plus, I think there's some merch that's being sorted by Buds and, and Dave and the rest of the boys as well. So jump on there. Your support is immensely appreciated. It helps us kind of connect each and every week, um, helps us with uh, equipment, pumping things you know, back into the subscriptions for the uh, the stream yard that we record on as well. So um, thank you to everyone for that. Um, Dave Oz, you know, we we just spoke with with Davo. He's um he's coming up a little bit later on. I thought it was a pretty good interview. Um, usually, what we, what we do, we kind of before we jump on and talk to these guys of of you know stature and of note, we usually jump on things like their Wikipedia pages and have a look back through their career and things like that. I noticed something quite weird about Jason Davidson's Wikipedia page. Um, one of those kind of things that for professional people on LinkedIn and things like that, one of the things they tell you not to do, which is don't upload a photo of yourself from 10 years ago. Jason Davidson still got a photo. <laughs> his Wikipedia profile page is from him playing with the uh, Australian. Oh, the under 20s. 20s. Yeah. In 2009. So for a guy who's, you know, he's one of his signatures now is the the hair and, and the, the flashy hair, but he's got a Wikipedia page profile from a, a photo of what, 13 years ago now. And looking is, a um, little bit pudgy amazing. in that, in that picture too. Yeah. yeah. I might I have asked look that, that up, uh, Buckers. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> one, of, one of the, uh, the, 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 the definite don'ts of, uh, of LinkedIn, but it obviously doesn't apply to uh, professional footballers, but yeah, someone needs to sort that out. Maybe I, I think the Melbourne victory admin listens to this yeah. podcast. I know he's yeah. uh, on our socials, so surely he can get that sorted with some, sort uh, with some recent fuck photos. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a good chat with Dave, Jason Davidson. He, uh, he gave us a lot of his time, so we're pretty thankful for that as well. Yeah, stay tuned for that. But look, before we tuck into the interview with uh, Davo, uh, we are going to have to talk about 
two games. Uh, one of them will be reflected upon positively, the other not so much. And we're going to start with that one. Uh, against Western Sydney Wanderers last week, it was Wednesday night, uh, against Parramatta, a 2-0 loss to the Vark. Now, before I throw to you gentlemen, let's put this game into context just a wee bit before we get a little bit apocalyptic because um, it was our third game, I believe, in eight days or so after the Cup. And look, I'm not in the game of providing excuses, but it is worth considering that graft and and the toil that the squad endured uh, and what a relief it must be for them to have just one game this week. But it was bloody ugly, this game, from start to finish as evidenced by the fact that we managed just one shot on target the entire game. Budza, I'll throw to you first, and we're not going to spend much time on this game. Uh, Give us your your lowdown on that game. If you want to bring it lowdown, there was a lot of lows and probably none more encapsulated than the goalkeeping low that we saw in that game. And... The funniest thing was I caught up on the pod I wasn't on last week the afternoon before the game and we're talking about, you know, Caliber and giving another chance and it's not his fault and he'll he'll right his wrongs and he didn't. He uh he uh, the midfield was non existent in that game. Uh Western Sydney uh are performing like a pack of busted asses and uh Rudan's done absolutely nothing. He's put lipstick on a pig. Um, with that squad, and they've pretty much been shithouse the games before us and shithouse the games after us, and I'm going to still run with my narrative. We are the worst side in the league to watch by a long way to go. We are a Melbourne Victory Mac franchise in a closed league, and we should be beating <laughs> the shit. We should be beating the shit teams, or at least playing entertaining football, and Poppable is becoming worse to watch by the week. And you can't, and you can't Man. change my mind. <laughs> Budza right now uh, is on a trestle table. He's got a little sign that says "Popper is shit." Changed my mind. Um, but Clarky, surely you've got something more positive to say about this game. You, you know what? Like, let's just—I mean, there's not much. But can you find anything? Absolutely not. <laughs> it was one of the worst games I've ever seen, and that was both sides. Like, yeah. the complete and utter lack of purpose. Um, of drive, like both these teams look like they didn't want to be there. Like if, well, if the, RBB, the, the RBB wasn't there, they didn't want to be there either. It was like, it was awful. Yeah. Four, the four whole spectacle. Something. Uh, it's been well remarked upon in the week since that this fixture used to be an absolute blue chip fixture. You know, mm. it used to, used to attract way more fans. Um and look, you know, let's not. Var dwell, didn't want to be. Var yeah. didn't want to be there either. Fagani <laughs> didn't want to be there. He didn't yeah. want to give penalties. Like <laughs> it was a shit show. It was it was one of the worst games I've ever seen in the A League. Yeah, yeah, 100%. accurate. And I guess in that sense, uh, it's probably a good thing that there were only four thousand people there. Um, I mean, we can see I don't two want to goals. Go South Melbourne, Mike, but there wasn't four thousand people there. Ooh, Absolutely okay. not. I don't reckon anyway, but you got you started cr- crowd counting, mate. Uh, fair yeah. enough. But w- any anything else you want to say before we yeah, discuss look, that, uh, the, it, the Croatian it, elephant in the room? 
<laughs> no, no. Look, it wasn't. Um, the good thing was it wasn't the worst game of A League football I've seen because the worst one was a couple of days later at home against Central Coast. Oof. All right, keep your powder dry there, buds. But um, look, uh, Ivan Kelleva. So this is this is hard. This topic because you know, <laughs> just a few months ago. Hello, my name Ivan Kelleva. You are listening to For Vak's Sake, and he did that after. He announced himself to the A-League and Australia as our new signing via this platform. And we immediately, obviously, became massively in love with this dude from a personality perspective. But, you know, he just seemed to be so happy to be here. And the fact that the club teed that up for us, amazing and everything – and there have been people saying along the way in the first few rounds, oh, there's something in QR here. Uh, you know, it's not quite sure. Lots of people made some early statements. This is people want it. People, yeah, yeah, people, people want look, it. Look, and I, I, I understand that too. Pe- people wanted him. I'm still, I still don't want to, you know, turf him mm. to obscurity. And I, I, I understand there were people that were not happy with this signing at all. Using there are people a visa that on a goalkeeper. Absolutely, that, that was the main and, thread. Yeah, yeah, and I've always been of that um, train of thought too. That you know, it's Australia's strongest position. Used the goalkeeper be. used to be absolutely. So you know, you can't always rely on that. And you know, we we and we've discussed this that we probably were prudent in our um, recruitment enough to not have to use a visa spot on an extra midfielder like usual um, because we got, you know, we got Berlante in, we got daggers in, we got some really good young Australian players in and we didn't need to use it. And maybe he knew what he was getting in Caliber, but you know, the reality of Melbourne victory's goalkeeping stocks is we have two career number twos. So you're not going to get a number one performance out of either of them. And I, I don't know if Matt Acton is better, but Matt Acton needs a shot now because Ivan Kalava has cement shoes. He has cement boots. If he leaves his line, we are conceding goals. His distribution is deplorable. He He's not getting a hell of a lot of shots on target against him, and he's the, the, the goals he's conceding, they're bird brain errors, and he's cost us points. He's cost us a bunch of points now, and we are now in a position where we are fighting for a final spot. Jace, did you want to interject there? Um, I could see you were itching for a comment. Uh, go go right ahead. Well, yeah, I was, I was going to say, I think, I mean, the hysteria over the, the visa player goalkeeper, um, which is not coming from us, but coming from other uh, corners of, uh, of Buckland is, yeah, it's it's redundant to me because as, as Bud said, you know, um, we didn't really need anyone else in midfield. I even think Marjota, to a to a certain extent, is surplus to our needs a little bit at the moment, given the the, the strength and depth we have um, up front. Also, so it's all, no problems at all. You know, wasting in inverted commas a visa spot on um, on a keeper. Uh, I don't have any profound or strong for or against him at the moment. I'm, I'm probably more indebted to him that he came onto our podcast and so maybe I'm still <laughs> still drinking the, the color of a Kool-Aid just, just a tad. Um, but let's the, put things the in a little bit. That's what you're drinking. Yeah, me yeah, too. Let's put, let's put things in perspective just a little bit because are people really freaking out um, that we are, you know, season over after a couple of 
down games. We're still got a, a game in hand over Melbourne City at the top of the table. If I if I'm to be corrected, or perhaps um, I haven't looked at the maybe I looked at the table the the day after. But um, oh, they're playing right now. So. They're playing they right are, now, Davis. Yeah. They're right. So um, as it stands, they're 2-1 up. Um, they'll go to um, how many points? Let's have a look. So they're 23 points. We win a game. We're two games behind them in, in hand. So we go up to, let's say, six points from that. We got up to 24 points. So are we really to um, think that, you know, it's dire straits right now? We've got those games in hand. You have to, as a victory fan, have the, you know, the, the optimism that we're going to get six points from those games. I believe it's against Brisbane Raw the next two. So, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm willing to wait and see on that. I'm not I'm not um, going nuts as as some people are at the moment. I know our Discord is uh, is quite discontent with certain things at the moment. Some people are feeling very strongly about it. But um, my my message would be just calm the farm just just a little bit at the moment. Jason, you got those uh, scores from the live game very quickly. It mustn't have been from the Paramount or Keep Up site. Um, <laughs> look, my personal view on Ivan Kelleva, and I'm happy for people in our community and outside of this community to vehemently disagree, but I agree with you, Jace, that we need to calm down a little bit. Now, Criticism is all good, but some of the vitriol to me has been a little bit over the top. The dude had a bad fucking game, uh, obviously. And I think no one would be aware of that more than him for mine. Two bad mistakes from a midfielder. We barely notice or care. Two bad mistakes from a keeper. We have people calling for his head. Now, I agree with Buds on one level that the evidence so far suggests quite obviously to me, he's not in the top echelon of keepers in this league. And the stats bear that out too. We've had three clean sheets in 12 games of football. But in terms of games that you can actually say that Ivan Kelleva had a role in the result being a negative one, I'd say this game against Western Sydney Wanderers was the only game where it was a factor in the result. And what about the rest of the team in this game? The the midfield is completely disconnected. The forward three, if you want to call them that, depend, they, they were completely lacking in chemistry. We had one shot on target the entire game. Do we call the head for their heads as well? So I guess, look, I, I absolutely take on board that there are issues with but, him but and look, why concrete can't, boot why, stuff. Why, why, why can we have a discussion where we want to bench Marjota uh, for daggers one week, but we can't have the same discussion where we want to bench no, Caliber for acting the next? And we're having so, it. <laughs> yeah, I think, we're I, think absolutely it's time, having it. I think it's time for him to get a foot in his ass. Yeah. Yeah, but then fair. he follows it up with a clean sheet. Uh, he had we'll one shot. He had one. About. He had one shot on target. Oh, well, he was he was organising the defence extremely well to make <laughs> sure there was only one shot on target. And we won it in. Yeah, well, that's right. And you know that was one of the worst games of football you could imagine as well. So yeah, it was a terrible. I, game. He had a pretty look, sick ending, but had a very sick ending. Um, and we'll hear about it. But yeah, look, Caliver, I think he's less less mega, more training. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. like he's he. I feel like he's someone that's buying into his own hype and banking his own good bloke credits. 
Mm. And I think I think he had plenty to I think he had plenty to do with the result or the lack of against Newcastle. Yeah. I thought that was that was um you know as bad as Dave did you ask Dave about his pass? No, we didn't go there. Yeah, so <laughs> um didn't go there or anywhere uh, we want we want more players on the future. Yeah. And yeah. I think look, I think um I think uh, people are calling for Marjota too. I think it's not all Caliver's fault. It's not because we're not scoring goals. Yeah, well, yeah. Goalkeeper is not the only problem. I mean, you don't yeah. we you don't not win for four games, um, and it's just a goalkeeper's fault. Like, yes, I was a defender. I was like a I was like a frustrated parent telling all the other parents at, at junior footy to shut up and that my son is good. Give him another go, um, and then he fucked me. Um, so, you know, look, that, that, that is what happened to you. Yeah. Cause you were quite, he fucked me. I asked for like, give <laughs> another go and he fucked me. My son fucked me. Uh, <laughs> so. We might have to go to a break. Are you tired of McFranchise football clubs with their plastic cups and mass produced swill? Tired of the same old boring corporate Kool-Aid? Why not try SMFC Mike's bitter lemonade? unrefreshingly bitter and tastes exactly like did 17 years ago. Yeah, look, I'm I'm backing him to bounce back in the next game. Uh, just, yeah, a bit of just Nostradamus stuff from me here. But look, we're, we're, Matt Acton, I mean, is the grass always greener? Um, that grass is Matt Acton, uh, look... Bud, you pointed out he's been a number two for a while. Ivan Kelleva's been number two for a while. I think it's at the moment it's stay the course, but probably let's leave that one behind for now. Let's get the balls of steel for that game and we'll come back to the leaderboard. Uh, Bud's your back, so this is your thing. Give us the 3 2 1 for the game against the Wanderers. Three votes to Lee Broxham, two votes to Hamill, one vote to Falami. And um, for something different, that was the third game in a row that those three had posted in the three, two, or one, not in that particular order. That's uh, intriguing given none of those guys were probably in our best starting 11 at the start of the season. That's very intriguing. Yeah. Okay. I just want to chip in and say, Dave, just yes. quickly, because I've been off a long, long time, but I think last year, um, I was a very big advocate for Ben Falami. So just, just want to be on the record to say how <laughs> pleased I am that um, number one, the victory gave him a chance because uh, ordinarily young player doesn't perform, usually finds his way out um, pretty quickly when they come over from Europe and with victory. Um, there's a few, few precedents there and a few examples. Usually we give uh, the Evan Burgers of the world true. and uh, things like that every chance in the world. But those guys that come over from the youth uh, academies in Europe and they get a year don't really find their feet and they get turfed. Um, glad to see the victory stuck with him. And I think they're, they're reaping the rewards right now. So, um, yeah, great to see Ben Falami really finding his way this season. And I think he showed glimpses of it last last year towards the back end of the year. So, um, really happy to see that. Just as an update as well from my live score app, and I'm, this is pointless for people <laughs> listening tomorrow, but um, Central Coast have just equalized against City. Oh, so you fucking a, beauty. We've got about 20 minutes left. Bazanich uh, just scored in the uh, 65th minute. We've got Always love Jolly. So we're going to ride it out 
on uh, live here on FES that's uh, listened to uh, the next day by people who already know the result. But um, obviously, big repercussions. Big repercussions for the uh, for the top of the table. So uh, let's write it out. Seismic. Fucking seismic <laughs> shifts, mate. Uh, Central Coast, that, that team, uh, we have to talk about our 1-0 oh, right. victory against them. Amy Park, Saturday just gone. Uh, as Bud's foreshadowed, an absolute shit show once again. But i got one key theme to take out of this game, but also, uh, you know, a perennial trend that I think we're seeing under Tony Popovich. Yeah, and the results pain, are coming. Pain, painful first halves? Yeah, there's a bit of that. But here's what I want to say. I think we seem to be relying on substitutes to achieve a level of tempo that we need for 90 minutes, but not 15 minutes. Uh, it's just not a sustainable approach. We, we're sort of grinding out these games and, you know, playing this conservative standoffish style of football. The first halves invariably end up being extremely difficult to watch. And I know there are holes in the side, um, but that's my key point. This approach isn't sustainable and will be found out. Who wants to go first in talking about the game against CCM? Well, it was just another a game where, as you said, Dave, we're missing holes. And again, it's, it's just that midfield. That, that lacking of that first choice pairing is where or, what, seemingly all our drive and, and momentum and, and, and thrust come from. And um, if, if they're not both there, we just, it seems just like we're lacking any sort of, I don't know, real impetus. Um, and as you said, Dave, it's, yeah, it seems like it's, it's relying on fresh legs coming and, and running at, at tiring defenders, which, you know, isn't really sustainable because some better teams at the pointy end of the season are going to have us out of sight before the second half starts if we continue to play like this. Now, before I throw to Bud's next, I just want to pivot slightly. Like this whole substitute thing is an advantage, I would argue, that we have over many teams in the league. We have more depth because we have more money to devote to marquee slots, etc., and we're overrunning teams at the end. Bud's, is it as simple as that, or you know, is it just popper ball? You know, you and I lamented popper ball when it was first hitting our radar when we knew he was coming and we thought, you know, look, results mean more than mm. aesthetics. How do you see it? Well, aesthetics have got to matter when you're playing Central Coast at home. I don't care. Yep. Like it's, it's it. And when you're lamenting that, you know, people aren't turning up to games and you've got 22,000, like our fans are making big deals about the crowds. Um, there's there's almost a pseudo obsession with this. We've got twenty two thousand members and only eight are showing up. There's there's a million different reasons why, but I'm telling you, the 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 part timers are not coming for the football at the moment. Like it's just it's it's not a style that's conducive to any kind of flashes of brilliance or any swagger. It's it's pretty rigid at the moment, but but the issue for me is the player's fitness. And we cannot put the same back. We have not put the same back four out for, mm. I don't think, consecutive games this season. I actually don't think we've put this. Mm-hmm. 
And I was pretty happy to see Miranda and Spiranovic starting, you know, Negro, Negro at home to Central Coast. Yeah, it's fine. You'd think there's probably a few changes that you know, can be made purely because it's Central Coast at home. Unfortunately, we're probably not strong enough within this league at the moment to you know, take that kind of backseat approach against bottom sides. We're, we're not. We're probably a 56th best side in the league. But then you don't get you don't get Economides starting. Um Marjota's not starting. So you've got Daggers. And look, I, I still am not a big fan of Daggers starting the games. I don't I just don't think his style is any any anything conducive to us scoring. He hasn't. He has been the super sub. He's done his best work running behind the the tired defenders and breaking the lines. So um what I noticed the most out of the first half, which frustrated me the most, and there's not too much to talk about that half, but apart from the ad breaks and all the bullshit that's going on in the league, and let me tell you, like, I've got a bit of a negative connotation coming into this tonight. Um, I'm tired, I'm ragged, but I was really, like, after that Western Sydney Wanderers game and the game before it, the Newcastle one, I was done with this league, with this bullshit that's going on with Paramount and 10 and the, the refs being told to slow down games and stop games. It's Mickey Mouse, Bush League shit, and I'm just completely over it. But that's probably another story for another pod. Um, Marco Rojas, pissing me off to no end with his performances and his lack of endeavor and he's giving up and he's just losing the ball and offering nothing. He actually either seems like he doesn't want to be there or he's injured. He's very emotionally driven, I find. And it's been his best run of games, I reckon, since his fucking Johnny Warren medal stint with the club. Like, <laughs> he's he's he has, I think he's had what, it's his third stint at the club. And this is his best run this season with games. Like he copped a shit house broken leg last season when he got booted from behind. And the refs have never done him any favors, but he really needs to lift, man. He needs to lift majorly. So does Marjota. There's there's something really not happening. It's dysfunctional and disconnected. Yeah. There's there's not much to disagree with there. Uh, yes, Did they Jason. go off, Dave? Did that sound go off? Yes. That's just a gold up, go update. That's uh, Melbourne oh, City. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I'm oh no, add some sound effects that's to just this, terrible okay? news. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're only supposed I'll, to relay good news on this podcast. But... I'll keep you up to date. Seventy-five minutes in, okay? But go ahead. So, <laughs> for the notification, uh, and and did just 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 remind by the smile on your face, you must this. have got the. Anytime goal Everyone. scorer on on a multi there, no, no, I'm just was having fun McLaren? with this. Um, no, no, it was Marco Tilio. Um, uh, well, yeah, yeah. three two Melbourne City. Um, just a reminder that everyone listening to this already knows the result, but um, we keep covering live and we'll bring you. You never up know. Today. There's a um, lot of people that don't give a shit true. about the rest of the league. They only care about the VAC, and they couldn't give a rat's ass about what City are doing. They only care about the VAC, on the VAC. So look. This this whole thing with with Popper and the conservative football and this result against Central Coast, the cum dog. We talk. We've got to talk about the cum dog. Um, 
and the FFA or sorry, it's not the FFA anymore. So I'm, I'm so uh, scarred from all their mismanagement that I have to refer back to them, even though it's not their fault. The APL, the broadcasters that Bud's just talked about, you know, the ad breaks, it was telling that Central Coast, who have a theme song that is uh, Tom Petty's Won't Back Down or I Won't Back Down, they took their tweet down of uh, Jason Cummings complaining about the interruptions. I mean, you've touched on the buds. It's it's a shambles at the moment, and we are meandering a bit here, but I think it's kind of worthwhile because I feel like we've reached a bit of a tipping point. Not a tipping point, but like almost a, a threshold with the tolerance that the diehards are having. And I consider all four of us to be diehards in the sense that we watch not just our own club, we watch the rest of the league, we follow it religiously. If It's, it's getting really annoying and hearing all the... the Danny Townsend corporate speak, um, you know, a tweet rang true to me today about this, that let's just call this for what it is, uh, Fitbar on Twitter, that the club, or sorry, the league is, is basically, you know, has agreed to this and we just have to suck it up. And I'm sorry, but I'm not sucking it up. I want this app to improve. Uh, it's a shambles. I, I'm getting too angry. I'm going to pass it on to uh, Buds because how have you found the Paramount app? You know, like and just navigating football in general on there. Um, it works. Like I can watch the game, but that's it. I, 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 I don't, I don't like. I don't like the fact I can't pause. I, I thirteen really, weeks in, we still can't pause and rewind. Like I can't pause. It's Ko and Optus had that in well before, didn't they? From day yeah, dot, yeah. From and day I dot, just, yeah. So yeah. come on. Look, I, I've got an Android TV, so I probably don't have the the issues that those that have, I think, LG TVs and Samsung TVs are having, where you don't have an app yet. Um, yeah, the two biggest selling TV brands in the world. They don't oh, have an app for that work. Um, yeah, I, I just I'm look. I'm glad it's being subsidised in my Melbourne Victory membership because I wouldn't be paying full price for this pizza. Like Lucky, there's, no, there's no chance. Lucky, I can sense that your man is coming in off a, a long run here. Um, tell I, us. I won't go. I won't go. Testify off too long of a run. We've we've uh, we've whinged about this. A lot, but um, it's just unacceptable that things that are a sort of standard practice in in this new age of content delivery of streaming services, mm, you know, mm. play, pause, rewind, timeline scrubbing is out of the box functionality that you can just you can just download and and use like and put into any sort of integrate into any sort of web app. There's just oh, no excuse anymore. Even and, a just start from now or start from live. Yeah, like that even is that. mandatory. Even like that, and, it's simple. Yeah, and it's it's supposedly just, it's just frustrating that you know, um, it, it takes this long for stuff that should have been delivered on launch day, and then yep. ugh, you don't even get me started on the ads. Um, you know, at the start, people were going, you know, we have to do this because you know, ad spend is is what is is funding this league, but 
it was people were watching from home and going, this is affecting the product. Now people in the stands are starting to boo during these, these pauses because you're just standing around for 90 seconds going, what the, what the fuck is going on? Like, it's just unacceptable. Why are you making the, the 5,000 people that have actually decided to fucking rock up to a game of football fucking wait around and, and wait around for ads that they're not they're even the secondary consuming? NPL to NPL tv.com launched this week and it's better than paramount it's infinitely better i'm, like, I'm not even yeah, i'm not i'm not even taking the piss here it's better yeah. like it's better so yeah um let's get back onto the game yeah we took a fork but just, jace jace wants to just, say something about i'll it just this. say very quickly on this i'm not too sure if i'm behind the on the news on this but i just got a message saying that they've announced that those those are going um oh. they'll still try and they'll still try and Hot put in the press yeah they'll still try and put in breaks um during natural breaks so like if someone you know tears their hamstring off the bone the producers will be rubbing their hands together when the stretches come out um they might actually get a few snipers in the stands to uh yes and... an acl <laughs> yeah although we get um, four so ads during this one it'll be during natural breaks uh in play so um yeah when when uh, someone goes down or something like that no longer the drinks breaks uh, ad so it has been resolved um just put a fucking pause and rewind button, please. It's 13 weeks in. The technology exists. It's the most basic technology of streaming. Just get it in there and just, um, yeah, enhance it. Because still, the platform is not made for sport. It's it's made as an inter- entertainment platform with sport thrown in. It's 13 weeks in. Optus fixed their issues when they got the EPL very, fairly quickly. Um, KO is built for sports so no, no real issues there apart from a few small td issues when it started so if they're if they're serious about this um they need to they need to cater that to fans to a certain extent thank you jace yeah so let's let's find out path back through the breadcrumb trail uh and mm. remember we were in the middle of talking about central coast manners and i'll put that on me uh as host this evening uh i let this get out of control uh and that's fine but Nishan Villapile, the Nishan skyline, the people's skyline uh, saved the evening, 94th minute. Uh, And look, three points, lovely, obviously good result in that sense and obviously wonderful that a local lad uh, pops it in. But, yeah, that's the singular moment of joy, really, that that game offered, didn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Made it worthwhile going for me. But you know I'm a huge niche booster, so you know anything was, niche that's does. Why I was looking at you because <laughs> niche season, you you were you were up and about straight away after that. You were just like my boy, my boy, and popped it in. <laughs> it's my other son who hasn't fucked me. <laughs> <laughs> and while we're on the topic of fucking uh, balls of <laughs> steel, um, Budza. This this is good because someone broke the trend of uh, the, the Brox Hamill Falami trend uh, ever so slightly. Give us the three two ones and then the leaderboard. Thank you. Niche three votes. Um, two to Jason Davidson. FES's very own and one to Lee Broxham again fourth in a row. Uh, he has polled eight votes in the last four games, so he goes to the leaderboard ah, the on twelve. Evergreen. Wow. He goes to lead on 12. Leading the balls uh, of steel. Brimmer on 10, JD on 10, Hamill 
another another uh, new new boy who shouldn't be in the first team um, <laughs> in the nicest possible way. Um, eight, you Rojas suck. seven, Falami seven. No, he's come in and done everything, yes, even yeah. more that he probably should have. So he's very deserving of his his eight votes. So thank you to everyone again, and thanks to Dave Thirty, the legend who uh, saves yes. me hours a week with the um, the auto vote counter, which is that um such an innovation. That graphic of uh, Brox at the top of the leaderboard is going to break the internet, Clarky, when you put it up later this week. That's going to be uh, that's going to be a big one. Can I just um can I just quickly I tell you the telling story about the balls of steel votes? It's not about who is polling them. It's about who hasn't this year. Ooh. Okay. This this I'm going to go through some of the names on zero. Um, Brooks hasn't had much of a game, but we would have liked him to get one. That's not really bad. But Economides, Kadar, Cruz, Marjota, and Spiranovic. Cruz a bit stiff. A couple Cruz, of games yeah. those late impacts. But, yeah, the rest are uh, pretty accurate, I'd suggest. If you got <sighs> how much money and are we putting our marquee money into Marjota Icon. and Iconomedes? I think it's Icon Over. and Cruz still, but mm. anyway. Okay, so you sat through uh, 40 odd minutes of, of us talking and if you saw that we had Jason Davidson on, now's the time you probably fast forwarded to. Just jokes, uh, you listen to every minute. But yeah, it's just amazing uh, to, to get Jason on uh, and here's the interview. Okay, so this chap shouldn't need much of an introduction, but I think we're going to provide a bit of an introduction. Uh, and 22 caps for the Socceroos, a man with way more passport stamps in his passport than any of us on this podcast. It's a very warm welcome to current Melbourne Victory left back, Jason Davidson. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, brilliant, mate. Uh, look, it's 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 an absolute pleasure to have this conversation and you know, interact with you uh, in in a way that doesn't involve us being in the stadium chanting your name, mate. But uh, look, uh, I was thinking about where this sort of line of questioning should start, and I thought the best place to start would be the recent article that you penned for the PFA. Uh, uh, it's called In My Words, and you sort of ran through your journey as a footballer, and boy, it's 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 an amazing, an amazing journey. And I guess let's just talk about that worldwide journey. And you're now playing in in your hometown finally. And you know what is that? I mean, you go through it in the article, but what, tell us and our listeners what that really means to you. Yeah, obviously, being a Melbourne boy, um, it's been. 16 years since I've uh, lived in Melbourne. Um, so obviously I've, I've travelled the world uh, with football. I've been very blessed uh, to have a career that's taken me to many different countries, a lot of different cultures. Um, and yeah, coming back to Melbourne now, um, it's something special, something different, something that I'm not really used to. Uh, I've obviously, I've come back to, to play national team games to Australia. Um, but to live here, to have your family and friends um, week in, week out at the stadium supporting you and having that kind of close-knit uh, support base, um, it's just something special, something unique and something, like I said, yeah, something different, something that I'm not used to, um, but I'm really enjoying it so far this year. 
Yeah, Jace, it's uh, Jason here as well from FES. Um, you did ply your trade a little bit in the uh, in the VPL, as it was known back in the uh, the late the late noughties, um at Hume yeah. City, but um, most of the time it was it was in Europe and and things like that across uh, across your teenage years into your early twenties. But now that you're back in Melbourne. What just from a personal point of view, what's it like coming back to to Melbourne? Do you notice little things are different, um, better or worse? Like what what's it kind of been like? Is it almost like a a culture shock in a way? I know you you've obviously been at Perth Glory a few years ago, but is it a culture shock in a way to come back to Melbourne and kind of talk to people that you knew fifteen years ago that might be a little bit different, that might have kids, that might have you know other things going on in life? What's what's that like from a, like from a personal point? Yes. I don't think the city hasn't really changed that much. Maybe the traffic has gotten a little bit worse. <laughs> um, obviously, the population is growing, and it's a it's a tough question to answer because obviously I came back during COVID uh, lockdown and period, so totally very different to um, what my memory was of Melbourne back in the day growing up. Um, but as as we've progressed during the season, it's it's everything what I've kind of remembered it to be. Um, I like Melbourne's always been home. It was somewhere that I always wanted to live after football. Um, so, yeah, relationships, you know, when you're overseas, it's hard to maintain um, different time zones. And, you know, you're busy doing your thing and everyone lives, uh, goes along with their own lives and you come back and I've got a lot of nieces and nephews and they've just grown up and you miss a lot of family time, uh, a lot of birthdays, a lot of weddings you miss. Um you know, people pass away as well. And it's just, it's it's something that, you know, you, you don't realise until you come back and kind of you go to a birthday party and you're not like, it, it, it took me uh, maybe a month or two to kind of acclimatise to having so much family around because I'm so used mm-hmm. to having this, you know, close, like, you know, parents come and visit or, you know, at particular times, um, you know, one person coming over, or, but to have everyone here and, it was overwhelming at the start a little bit because everyone kind of wanted to, to see my family, obviously the kids as well. I've got two kids and everyone wanted to see them and you know, everyone wanted to, everyone just misses you. So um, yeah, it was a bit hard, but I think as you know, you stay here a bit longer and you kind of just go back into a bit of normality and um, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice. It's, it's something that uh, I've missed and I, I enjoy having that kind of uh, close knit family around Um Walking down, like just speaking English, and 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 having people that are, um, you know, victory fans or kids coming up to you, you know, obviously my hair's a bit noticeable when you walk down the street. <laughs> um, and you know, kids coming up to you and being able to communicate to them, and it's a it's a nice feeling. And you know, I'm enjoying every moment. Like I said before, being back in Melbourne. Yeah, I hope you're cashing in on all the uh, the grandma and grandpa kind of uh, sleepovers with the kids because um, I've I've moved yeah. back recently from from the US and that's something that I'm definitely trying to cash in as much uh, as many kind of uh, nights out alone with the missus as I, as I can with the the kids at grandma and grandpa's. Yeah, um, we're not used to it. It's it's, it's something new yeah. for us, and, and yeah, we're enjoying it so far. <laughs> Um, there's so much to, to go, I guess, go back on over the last couple of months. It, it's been a whirlwind since you have come back to Melbourne. Obviously, the rebuild of Melbourne Victory, you've been a big part of that under the uh, the new regime of, of Popper and also at the uh, the top level as well. But I just want to discuss just, I guess, really recent matters. And it's hard to believe that it was around about 17 days ago that you opened up the scoring in an FA, FFA Cup final 
and everything was looking rosy. The Vuck were back. Everyone was, you know, happy, excited. And then uh, a few, a few barren games in the league, and people were starting to freak out. And we pull one out <laughs> of the of the fire um, on Saturday night, and you know, people are back on board now. What's like it's it's been such a frenetic two and a half weeks that it's hard to believe that we actually did win some silverware just two and a half weeks ago. What has what has that last two and a half weeks been like for you guys with you know on top of the world after the FFA Cup and then starting for the first time this season to really I don't know I'm not I'm not sure if you've perceived this or, or, or felt this from from your standpoint but kind of like um, expected fans now really starting to you know. Um, critique the performances and, and start to get a little bit restless, which is um, almost unbelievable given where we came from, you know, 12 months ago to this point where we've become almost entitled again. But what's your standpoint been over the last two and a half weeks? I think firstly, um, I've always said this, uh, being a Melbourne boy, I understand the responsibility uh, of putting the Melbourne shirt on. You know, it's a big club, massive fan base, um, and there's going to be pressure with that. So whatever, what that type of pressure is, depending Every year it's different, um, but rightly so. The the fans expect the team to be fighting for trophies. Um, and, you know, it's been a tough couple of years uh, for the club, for the fan base. Um, so firstly, it was it was nice to be a part of the team, part of the team to, to be able to give um, the fans something back uh, in the FFA Cup, uh, to give them a, a trophy, to, to celebrate with them, uh, to see how happy and joyful they were. You know, it's been a, with the COVID, with the way the club's been, like all that kind of emotion to 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 be able to, to celebrate together. Um, you can see what it meant to them. Um, yeah, that's it. Football. I don't know maybe as an experienced player, I know the the roller coasters, the up and downs of of how people uh, feel and how emotions are. Um, you know, one week you can be top of the world, like you said, and the next week, a couple of bad results, um, and you're. You know, public enemy number one, and people are, uh, you know, um, criticizing you. Um, but I, I guess uh, on one side, it's the the positive of being at a big club. Expectations are high. Um, that's the pressure. That's why I came back uh, to Melbourne uh, because I wanted to be a part of that rebuild to to be. And I knew what the the pressures were um, that was going to come with it. Um, maybe for the younger boys, they. Uh, you know, it's something new for them and that's something that they'll, they'll learn through their, their football journey of, you know, ups and downs. And and I think the the things when when things aren't going um, results-wise, aren't going to plan, um, I think it's important to look at performances. Um, and, you know, the last three games, probably bar the Western Sydney Wanderers game, I thought the other two games, uh, performances were good. Um, you know, decisions in the game kind of changed and altered stuff. Um, <clears throat> But we've always been there, thereabouts in the game. So you don't, you're not a good team one week and then a bad team two weeks later. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. So it's a long season. Um, a lot of games uh, we're playing. I think it was something like four or five games in the last uh, 14 days. Um, and I actually did an interview for uh, Champions League uh, just before, and I said the same thing. It's it's tough because of the salary cap in Australia. Uh, it's hard to have, you know, a big squad. Um, and have depth in the squad. And we're fortunate at Victory that the balance and the way the structure of the club and what they've done in the off-season, they've done quite well that we've got, you know, a decent depth in the squad. So we've been able to kind of rotate and 
you know, it's it's just it's been a bit annoying because we've we've just keep getting injured. Like we haven't had a full squad on the pitch. Like someone always is getting injured or suspended, and it, it's kind of we're just waiting for that uh, opportunity where we can have the whole <laughs> whole squad available, no injuries. You know, knock on wood. And yeah. uh, but in saying that, we got games coming up, and you know, we got we got the win. On the weekend, um, so that was a, a positive. Yeah, we just we move forward. We take each game as they come, and we know that the way uh, if we play the way we can, and what we did leading up to the FFA Cup, you know, even after that, uh, if we keep doing the small details correctly, uh, I'm sure that we'll be we'll be happy at the end of the season. Now, Davo, I'm going to call you Davo because yeah, rather than call you Jason, the other Jason might get confused. Uh, not big enough. Look, not big enough for the two of us. This podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to roll out those excuses for you, mate. I was going to talk about the three games in eight days, and you know, the, the obviously the, the toil uh, and the travel as well uh, that you've had to endure uh, post that FFA Cup game. But I do want to zoom back in just for a moment to that Cup final because. There's a certain conference happening at the ball, that dead ball between you yeah. and Jake Brimmer. And by and large, last season and a bit, it's usually been Jake Brimmer from that area. Can you just walk us through the, the discussion as best you can or you don't have to reveal everything, but at that moment, because obviously such a crucial moment in the game, it turned out to be telling. Yeah. Um, oh, there's no real secrets. It was more, um, <laughs> I think if you, if you look in the first half, there was one in a very similar position. Um, that Jakey took. Mm. Um, I know Mark Virgetti for a long time since you know the youth national team yeah. and stuff like that. So um, I just noticed in the first half um, he was overcovering uh, the wall, um, and in the in the second half when that opportunity came, I just pretty much said to Jakey, "Listen, he's he's overcovering. I'm going to take it." He said, "Take it." Um, and I just thought if, if I hit it well and hit the target, that was the most important thing because he was so far over. Um, if I if I just kind of aimed it uh, properly, uh, that I'd have an opportunity. Um, and, you know, he went in and it was, <laughs> it was nice to celebrate. And, yeah, it was, it was a good special moment. We had the view there were, from the rear. Yeah. Anyway, carry on, Jace. I was going to say there were some very, very decent fan shot uh, videos of that goal um, that mm. kind of surfaced on social media after the game. When you hit a whirly like that in such a big game, you know, are you full of adrenaline the night of night after and just kind of sitting in bed, kind of trolling just uh, on Twitter, Jason Davidson, trying to find every kind of view and uh, angle of, of the goal that you could? Because there were some really good ones. And I think one of them got posted on, uh, I think, at a pretty big Twitter account, which was like yeah. limbs everywhere or something like that. Um, do you, do you go back and just have a look at your own work? Just uh, just just have a little yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna lie. I watched the video uh, a lot, <laughs> different <laughs> angles, like you said. Um, I think the one you're talking about is the one where it was um, from the opposite side, and then it kind of zoomed out to see all the fans. Yeah, so, limbs. Yeah, 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 it was awesome. it was actually a nice it was a nice video because it kind of captured the atmosphere of yeah you know being yeah. on the pitch and. And let's be honest, when you when you score those kind of goals, it's it's nice to have a, a full stadium, not an empty stadium, in in a, in a game that kind of means something, um, and we're fighting for a trophy. So, like if you kind of put it all together, it was just you couldn't ask for a better um, situation as a player, and you didn't like it was just a, a dream come true kind of thing. Like night before a game, when you're thinking about what you're going to do in the game and how you prepare for the game, those are the moments that you kind of just think, oh. Imagine if that if that happened, how nice would that be? And 
it, it happened and um, to celebrate with the boys and the fans. Like I said, it was just, it was something special and probably, you know, up there in my career with, with moments like that um, touched me and, and something that, you know, family as well, they, um, they, that was something special. And like you said, look, looking over the videos the next couple of days and people messaging about it, um, mm. it was, uh, yeah, something special. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just going back to, I guess, the very start of your time at Melbourne Victory, uh, obviously it's no secret, you know, the club was kind of almost down in the doldrums at the end of last season, probably our worst result in our history. Um, there was, you know, there was issues with the the board, the, the issues with the coaches, coaches, coaching staff and things like that as well. Uh, obviously, Popper coming on board changed the... Uh, the outlook of Melbourne Victory and gave it a bit more stability. How was it sold to you? And did, was there any kind of trepidation as to like, you know, Melbourne Victory have kind of had a few a few years on the slide, you know, is this a risk or was there no kind of doubt in your mind that um, this was a job that could be done, you know, relatively quickly, the turnaround that, that we've seen so far at both the top level and also uh, on the pitch? I think firstly with... with um football stuff, uh, football in general. Um, it's a very small world. Everyone kind of knows one another, especially in Australia, in Australian football. Um, and obviously when, you, when you're talking to a club, you kind of do your homework and, and see what the situation is. And we all know um, it hasn't been a Melbourne victory that we remember in the past um, for whatever reason. Um, so I obviously did some homework, made a few calls as well, just to see what the feeling was. Um, obviously I knew that um, Tony was going to be the coach, uh, so I spoke to him. And from a, a football perspective, I knew what I was going to get with him because I knew what he had um, done for me and for what he did at Perth. Um, and from the other side, like the off-pitch kind of stuff, um, I didn't know anyone really at Victory um, previously, um, but I knew <clears throat> I was told John Dillitzer was coming in, so I'd known him from the PFA. Um, have worked, he's helped me throughout my career. Um, and then as I came um, and seen the infrastructure of the club, it was a very big surprise to me to see why I couldn't believe what I was hearing from the last two years, three years, to what's been happening now because it's been first class. Um, mm -hmm. You know, from the chairman, um, from Caroline, the CEO, John Dillitzer as the football director, like the infrastructure and, and what I've noticed personally and what I think is um, they've, they've kind of separated the football department and the business side like victory yeah. as a whole and kind of separate and let the, the football people handle the football side and the administration side is held and dealt with mm. from the offices so it hasn't kind of um it's too separate and then it's under the umbrella of non-victory so i think that was a, a important step um and i think everyone will tell you that boss you know he controls and he wants what he wants um and as a player, that's all you can ask for, that you know that you've got your full support, your coach, and, and he's going to give you his 110%, and, but he demands that from his players. So um, like I said, yeah, it was a bit of a shock to, to come in and see how well organised it was and how much they were um, pushing to get the club back to where it belonged. So for me, I had that feeling before I came back to the country, um, but obviously once I came here and saw it with my own eyes, it was a, it was a great, it was a positive because um, they obviously asked me to to be a part of the team to rebuild the club, and for me it was a challenge. You know, there was a lot of boxes that were ticked. You know, coming home for family reasons and also to play regularly to be happy, and and from a challenge perspective, like that was the biggest challenge to to go to a team that's bottom, 
um, but has a big, you know, big name and is a big club. Can I be a part of that team that brings them back up? And that was the, the football side, the challenge that I wanted to be a part of. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm happy that uh, I took that challenge. Uh, it's, it's been going good so far. Yeah, it definitely has been. Um, just expanding on that, because in the heyday of you know the successful Melbourne victory teams, especially the one I think of the, the most is the, the 2015 um, championship winning team. And one of the, the, the foundations of that, success um was the culture of the team and um you, you see kind of you know carl valeri in back in those days um Fahid ben Kalfala talked to just how tight-knit that culture was that was kind of cultivated by the players and um just how strong that was and i think it eroded as the years went on and i, I just wanted to ask you because obviously the, the team's going quite well at the moment but the turnover has been immense in the last six months i think we've got about 15 or 16 brand new faces at the club so with with the turnover such as that such as that does does that kind of almost start the culture or the 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 feel around the club start fresh is it up to you guys to as one of the guests for the older guys one of the leaders who are well traveled and have been around uh the traps for for a while is it up to you to kind of set the foundations for a new culture or is there some existing culture there i know carl valeri still got a little bit to do with the club does he um kind of get involved in kind of you know advising you what the values of the team are or the, the club is and and kind of what what role do you guys play in in having a say in in where that goes moving forward um i think yeah the the club from what i've noticed and when i first came here like it was a rebuild of the whole club so the philosophy of what they wanted to do uh, from right from grassroots through the academies to the first team obviously the first thing is is the most important if they're successful everything kind of trickles down um, but the infrastructure and the philosophy of how they what, what they wanted to go, I felt like it was a rebuild of um, rebranding Melbourne Victory mm. um, and what they're what they're about. So um, you know, small details like having uh, meetings with the players, like the whole after lunch, uh, and explaining who the sponsors are, or having meetings about what roles in the office these you know the men or the ladies do. So. Making that kind of family orientated feeling where everyone kind of knows each other. It's not like the office is there, no one knows who's there, the players are here, and that's it. It's kind of so in preseason we had you know different meetings of like I said about the, the um, sponsors, who they are, what Melbourne Victory stands for. So I think from the get go, the feeling that I had was it was um, Victory trying to create a new kind of uh, atmosphere in the club. A fresh start, family, very family orientated feeling. Um, and the last part of that puzzle was kind of the fans, but obviously during preseason um, and with a bit of the COVID restrictions, the fans couldn't be a part of that yet. So during the season, that's kind of the final um, connection through. Um, and yeah, like you have someone like Carl who, who's been there, done that, done everything, is a big, big name, a legend for uh, Melbourne Victory. And he's part of the, the coaching staff in and around the players. So um, when you have people like that, and we, uh, Roxy is in, in, still at the club too. So um, I think it was a, a, a nice balance between having a couple of people that stuck around uh, and a fresh um a lot of fresh players and, and the players they brought in, you know, there's a few of us that are, are more older, mature, uh, experienced players. And at the end of the day, it all comes down to one thing, winning games. Um, and that's the mentality of the team uh, and the players that Tony's brought in and how he is as a coach. 
Um, and for myself, I came here to win. Uh, and I've said that from the start. I didn't come here to, you know, do well, or, you know, do better than last year. You can't really do better than guys came last, you know. So yeah. I came to, to, to win games and win trophies and fight for that opportunity um, and to, to work hard for that. And I think uh, most of the boys that came have the same mentality um, and everyone at the club has that mentality. So um, when you... It's nice to go to work every day uh, with people that have that same mentality, that hunger and drive um, to, to be successful. So um, it makes going to training enjoyable, um, has a purpose to it. So, um, yeah, I, I do feel like we have a very nice balance in the, in the change room with the younger players, the older players. Um, no one's – we don't have clicks in the team. No one's arrogant. Um, you know, you have someone like Robbie Cruz who's played 75 caps for Australia and he's joking around with some one of the young boys. So, like, everyone gets along with one another. Um, and at the, at the end of the day, we know we need one another. Uh, if it's a young boy, like on the weekend, Nishan stepped up and, and got us that winning goal. So, everyone in the team understands that uh, everyone's just as important as one another. Um, and if we want to accomplish something special, then we need one another. Um, and hopefully we can continue to build that kind of um, family feeling in the club. Um, and like I said, and be successful uh, together. Excellent, Dave. Yeah, look, as fans, you know, not just from the podcast perspective, but we've definitely noticed a significant transformation at the club in terms of how it's run. But, you know, from a fan engagement perspective and, you know, as FES, you know, to be able to chat to you tonight has been, you know, an awesome aspect of it. Now, coming back to the the pitch and the experience with fans directly, tell us through your decision-making process on uh, standing with the North Terrace that week. Like, we're, we're South End boys, so we're at the other yeah. end of the of the pitch. But, uh, you know, we, we, we saw it, we heard it, and, yeah, like, I mean – that's that's obviously a good way to get kudos with the fans, but uh, yeah, tell us uh, that about that experience and 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 what made you do it ultimately. Honestly, it was um, they a lot of people messaged me through social media asking me uh, would I come on, um, and the thought process was honestly just um, because I was actually not I wouldn't say shocked, but I was very surprised at the amount of support that we got so quickly and how loud and how amazing the fans have been. Um, there was just a small gesture to say thank you and to, to show them that uh, you know we're one entity as a team, like I said before, that was the final uh, puzzle with fans. Um, and it was just a small gesture just to say thank you that we're, you know, we're in this together. Um, and it's something that I haven't done in my career. Um, and I thought you know it, it was something that I really enjoyed. Um, I, I didn't know at the time about the COVID protocols. Uh, <laughs> it was something that I got told afterwards. Um, but yeah, it was yeah, like I said, it was just a small gesture, um, and yeah, it, it was a spontaneous thing. I think just before the game, I was on radio as well, and some uh, Roddy Vargas asked me that he heard about the rumors, so he kind of put me in the corner, uh, <laughs> and, and just it was a spontaneous thing on the day to to go through with it, and uh, it was crazy because we actually scored while I was in there, yes. <laughs> and then the camera came, and it was just. You couldn't write a script of how it, it panned out, uh, but yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. So I guess the next thing that you guys will be really looking forward to is a couple of weeks away, you guys get a trip to Japan to take on uh, Kobe and Iniesta. 
Um, I'm wondering how preparations are going for that. Have you guys thought about that too much um, coming up? Obviously, it's a really huge opportunity for the club, probably one that we weren't expecting given the fact that we were, <laughs> was it dead last last year? And uh, playing off in, a, in the relegation, you know, Kind of had to qualify against, for the World Cup. So definitely wasn't expecting it, but a huge opportunity against uh, an albeit very old uh, Andres Iniesta. I'm just wondering, have you guys talked about that in the locker room at all? And um, if you were to kind of put your money on, number one, who's, who's the most likely player in the squad to try and intimidate Iniesta early? And number two, who'd be the most likely to try and suck up his ass and try and get a, a jersey at the end of the, jersey, uh, yeah. at the, end of the game? Firstly, <laughs> um, I think the boys are concentrating more so on just Brisbane Raw. Uh, we've got them the next two games. Um, games are coming thick and thin, so we don't have the luxury of, you know, daydreaming about Champions League that's in a couple of weeks. Um, we need to get our points as much as we can and make sure that when we leave, um, because I think we've got the derby before that game and the derby after that game. So um, we want to make sure that we're in a, in a good position before we go head over there. Um, but it's it's normal, um, especially for some of the younger boys um, to, to play in the Champions League. It's, it's, a, it's a special, it's a tournament, a uh, special tournament. Uh, it's an opportunity to go there a showcase for Australia and represent Australian football. Um, and we're going there to, to make it into the group stage. So um, we respect our opponents. And obviously, like you said, you, you've got players who, like in the I think the Marlins there as well. You've got, you got players that have, have made, have had big careers in world football. Yeah. I'm just looking at the squad right now, and um, I didn't realize that Bojan Kojic um, is right. on the squad as well. Go. Which, if you're you're my age, um, Jason, if you're an old old school player of like FIFA 05, 06, Kirkich, mate. it was yeah. Kirkich. My apologies. He's like <laughs> he was like the the 15 year old wonder kid that, but that was a basketball. Yes. Yeah, he was coming superstar. Yeah, he was the he was the, like ranked the next big thing like, for a while. He gonna be, yeah, yeah it's gonna be his overall was ninety nine in you know the year twenty twenty, <laughs> but it didn't turn out that way. Um, that's a that's a big yeah, it's, that's a really tough um, assignment. So I mean, yes. huge if we can get it, but um, obviously yeah, as you said, bigger fish to fry in the next few weeks. Obviously, yeah, definitely. And look, uh, very diplomatic answer, Davo. I am you know straight straight bat. Um, but look, our Jason did mention. Uh, you know, who's going to be sucking up to Iniesta for a jersey swap, for example. But I have it on good authority that your jersey collection is up there in terms of some of the names. Like, let's just rattle them off, shall we? Steven Gerrard, Angel Di Maria, Kesuke Honda, Samir Nasri, Mesut Ozil, Arjun Robin, and Alexis Sanchez. Like, okay, if you had to pick he's the He's the one one that's going to suck up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I'm actually I'm I'm just been lucky that um, I've always like as a defender you kind of play against the best players mm. on on the pitch usually you're marking them so you're kind of in close proximity to them when the whistle goes and um, I speak Portuguese and Spanish so you know those foreign players I've kind of just spoken the lingua they kind of get shocked when they see Australian boy asking you know in in, in their language and then it's just something like that it's just, it's and I'm not shy to ask you know it's it's a it's a blessing to play against you know the mm. best players in the world, and you only get usually one opportunity um, to play against them like that for the national team. So I'm not, I've never been the, the type of player that's been shy. I just you know they can always they can say no. That's all they can they can either say yes or no. If they say no, it doesn't really change anything. If they say yes, then then 
it's a positive. Um, so why not? Why not take that that chance? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, don't blame you at all, mate. Um, well, I better. I better make sure. I talk you you, you I didn't answer the question, it. or I didn't get to <laughs> ask yeah. my question properly. Uh, if you, if it was just one of those, or one of those moments or games out of all those jersey swaps that that really sticks out in your memory, because you know, there's been obviously World Cups, there's been some you know high level club football as well. Um, if you had to pick one standout moment from a game where you swapped a jersey with one of those guys. I would probably have to say either oh, sentimental-wise to me, probably Aaron Robin or Sanchez in the World Cup um, because mm. it was at a World Cup representing your country. At that time, they were probably two top five, top ten in the world. Peak of players, their powers. Absolutely. Uh, peak of their powers. Um, the other one that kind of gets under me is is maybe um, the Gerard one because it's signed. I swapped with him against Liverpool. That was his last year in Liverpool. Um, Brad Jones was my first roommate in the national team and he was at Liverpool at the time. So I went into the change room and he signed it for me as well. So that's got a soft spot to me because of, of the player, the, of the stature of, and because he signed it as well. And um, yeah, one of those three probably uh, would be my pick. I don't know. I can't. I can't give you an answer out of those three. <laughs> I'm happy that you named three, mate, because they're three uh, absolutely top shelf caliber uh, situations to to recount one day to your children and to their grandchildren. Uh, yeah. Absolutely amazing to have you on, mate. Um, Jace, I think we'll, our Jace will we'll probably uh, decide to leave it there. But what can I say, uh, Davo? I mean. When we found out that you were arriving at our club, we were overjoyed because of that Melbourne boy factor. And that's what this club is all about. It's, it's, it's really the club for Melburnians that, and it means so much to us to see, you know, you at, at the sort of, I won't say pointy end, but getting close to the pointy end of your season, doing what you're doing for the club uh, and this city. And then, you know, as you mentioned in the game just gone with Nishan, Philippillet uh, doing what he did and hopefully will do for a, quite some time being a fan of the club and, and now playing for it. So from myself and all of our listeners, just a thank you and you know, best of luck for the rest of the season. We'll be watching. Absolutely. Thanks, David. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Oh, it's just awesome to have uh, another player on the podcast uh, and one of Jason's stature, that was just brilliant. Um, big thanks to Jason and the club as well for teeing that up with us. Now, a few little housekeeping items before we jump into our preview of the game against Brisbane Raw. We need to talk about the Vuck women. Uh, the run has ended, but some reasonable developments. Clarky, run through the, the progress with the Vuck women of late. All right. Well, they had a 2-2 draw against Sydney. They were uh, actually 2-0 down in that affair and uh, brought it back to even Stevens right uh, close to the uh, end of the game. That was followed by a 2-0 uh, a loss against Perth, uh, rapidly improving Perth side. I think a Perth side that didn't win a game last year. Um, so that was when the, 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 uh, the uh, undefeated run came to an end. 
Um, and then some late news this afternoon. They had a 2-2 draw with Canberra. Again, they came back late in the game to uh, secure the draw with um, Alex Chidiak actually scoring her first goal for the victory. So, Clucky, look, Clucky, am I hearing that right? It was a 2-2 draw on the 2nd of the 2nd, 2022. A Desmond on... on I think wow. so, yeah. Wow. Wow. That's It's a quadruple Desmond. <laughs> it is. Desmond's looking down on us. Desmond, uh, <laughs> may God rest his soul. Uh, this, this, this would make him happy. This really would make him happy. Um, Peace in Africa right. and the one two twoing. Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, taking us from Africa all the way to South America, the South American Style Academy has joined forces with the VAC. Now. I'm excited in my tone of voice. I don't actually know why, because I've never heard of the fucking South American Style Academy. And I had to read this article three times to to understand (laughs) what the club is doing here. But look, it sounds cool. Uh, Who wants to comment? I'd say this reeks of the uh, the momentous partnership. Who can forget the momentous partnership that Perth Glory and Manchester City entered into about 10 years ago? it feels like that, like kind of like cool, but like what's it actually going to do? Um, it looks like they get access to pathways or something like that. Maybe a free Samba lesson thrown in there. I'm not too sure. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But I, I doubt I doubt that it's going to – I mean, the club's done some good things this year, of course, so who can doubt them? But um, it's, it's, this one Jason, looks like it's the a... opposite of the style of football we're playing right now. Yeah, well, maybe, uh, maybe they, we're just biding our time. Yeah, we're working towards this. We're working towards yep. it. Budza? Uh, yeah, this this is Melbourne Victory going back to their corporate roots. Just beautifully. Some of the, some of the lines in this press release are the best. A unique partnership model. Bringing some clarity to parents on the operation of pathways within football for young players is very important to us, Didolitsa said. Sick, John. Hey, I've got a best tidbit of them all. The fucking T-shirts are ready. I just got the message. The T-shirts, the FBS T-shirts, they're ready. If you pre-ordered them with your Patreon subscription. Hey, oh. Hang on. No, I just that's a that's sorry. The t-shirts are ready. That's all. Um, the t-shirts are ready. The t-shirts are ready. So if you if you pre-ordered one, it's going to get sent out soon. Um, if you haven't, buy one. It's mad. We hope that we can develop a model where we can work in partnership with groups from across Victoria to help facilitate t-shirts and drive greater and more visible access to t-shirts at the professional level. Every kid will get a t-shirt. No Every child kid. will go without. We can't SUD, that, the SUD FES Academy. I don't know what to make of it other than to say, well, that seems fine, but where's the um, actual academy? And I think that's what our fans will be asking. Um, there's been a lot of talk. Um, yeah, let's let's just wait and see what happens with that. Okay, so we've got a game away from home. Friday night. I like Friday night football. I do. It's 25th of February at Morton Daly Stadium against the Raw. So the Raw are bottom 
Uh, I was there a couple of weeks table. ago. I was there a couple of weeks ago. Were you there? Red Any good? Yeah, it's I've like never been fr- to Red it's, it's the what? Frankston of Brisbane. Uh-huh. My mate lives that, there. <laughs> behind the trot behind the trots track. It's oh, um yes. yeah. Yeah, I said, I said what what do you what, what's it like up there? He goes, Oh, it's like what Morty Alec was like 20 years ago. I went, Oh fuck. <laughs> um <laughs> Um, I went to I went to the public. They got this nice public lagoon pool there, and our shit didn't get nicked, so it was a successful venture to Redcliffe. So, um, it's 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 pretty raw, man. I, I can't believe the raw are playing there. Raw. But maybe maybe that's apt. Um, yeah, it's where the Dolphins, the new NRL team, that are nicking all the Melbourne players, are setting up shop too. So, um, I kind of I kind of wish I was up there for this week because it's. Uh, it's a cool spot, but it's a fucking long way out of Brisbane. Now, I'm going to hit mm-hmm. this back to you, Buds, uh, again, with some top spin. Like Brisbane, you know, a lot of people have stonks on Brisbane. Uh, mm. A lot of people have sort of talked about them in a very high regard. Um, and they're currently bottom of the table. Uh, and it, Now, do the stats lie? You know, um, should we beat the Raw up? Top there, they're scoreless in their last two games. Brisbane Raw, Warren Moon must be some um, strong, some strong XG numbers. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Do we know, like, do we know like, the, the XG numbers? Do we know the XG numbers? <laughs> if uh, if we we uh, we pay much attention to those things, okay. uh, Jason. Um, but Thought look, you guys may have advanced since I left. But sorry, go ahead. Oh, <laughs> look, some some. <laughs> Sometimes I have the fop mob app open before I get to speak and get a leg up, but not this time. You got me. Uh, <laughs> look, the, the XG right now of um, City versus uh, Central Coast, that's at 3-2, uh, they're running at an XG of 1.9 and Central Coast are at 0.7. I think, Vaka, we're about a 0.3 side at the moment, and I would say that, Brisbane are at a zero, so um, that means we'll probably, it right. should be a cracker then. Yeah, it should be a cracker. We'll probably lose Ooh. probably to Ooh. a. Well, there'll be a do- there'll be a dodgy penalty. Tournament. We'll get a dodgy penalty. Dodgy, us. Yeah, I'll, I'll take it. Um, no, against us. Point? Oh, okay. That's what we do. We're <laughs> Melbourne Victory now. We give up penalties. Uh, Connor Chapman has signed. For Brisbane Raw for the remainder of the season as of last week. He'll probably be right, you would suggest, by now for Friday. Uh, add some steel to their midfield unless they decide to play him as a central defender. He's played in both roles. So I um yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm really uncertain because we've been far from convincing Brisbane haven't been either. This will be a real Shit show, I feel, uh, unfortunately. Anyone else want to pontificate or speculate as to how this might pan out? Yeah, I'm just, I did, I did do the, the quick research here. Um, so oh, Brisbane Raw actually rank fifth best in the league for XG um, at home with, uh, with 1.66 XG, while Melbourne Victory um, are down in the doldrums for XG away from home at 0.93. So I'm tipping, um, yeah, probably a Brisbane Raw um, win by 1.66 goals to 0.93 goals. Um, yeah. So that's going to be a tough goal. 
I think no, uh, but it, yeah, I think I think no, seriously, we should we should we should win this. It obviously. sounds um, really legitimate yeah. when you put it in those terms. I feel like you know what you're talking about. When yeah, well, I mean, reality, I think it's... we know that you don't, and our listeners know that you don't. <laughs> David, <laughs> pop that David, pop that that <laughs> hey, look, Brisbane. Wait, 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 wait. Hey. Oh, That's no. me getting burned. That's me getting oh. burned. Update. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I'm sure XG plays a role in all of this. Uh, yeah. You know, when it's all said and done. Um, look, I look, think... I'm just not going to be able to. I'm not going to look. Sorry, I'm not going to be able to. Have, look, go, I had go, two. Go. Look, the stonks, the two, the two big stonkers they've had. They belted uh, Western Sydney three nil at home, and they did Macarthur three one. So, in their last five, they've had those two big wins, um, and. Milly Usnich has actually been a goal scorer at Redcliffe at home, and yeah. I don't know. Little if... Gavrilo Princip, he's 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 finding finding the target of late. Uh, he's you have you burn five hundred opportunities, you're bound to get at least one. Now, Milly Usnich is still one of the most wasteful attacking players in the league, but hopefully <laughs> he's just gotten those those goals out of his system, and he goes goes back to shooting them wide or just scuffing them for this week. Because I can't and there's deal a, with it. And that little whore Henry. Um, there's, there's, there's Henry Whore and there's Akbari. So they've got a couple of little shithead types going on. Soros Demi. Yeah. Yeah. They, I think they've got a bit of pace. Yeah, they've oh, got a bit no. of pace. And there's, pace fucking, and, and there's fucking Corey. Yep. Oh, yeah. Corey. Oh, and, the and Corey Hartline. Yeah. Because Corey. So and the miraculous O'Shea. hair recovery there. The top of the, the scone is uh, looking a lot better. Uh, since he left the VAC. Maybe it's all the extra sun. Maybe. Maybe it's the hair transplant that he had 18 months yes, ago. That That's too. already started to fall out again. <laughs> just so, yeah, my, look, just just shave it. It's um there's there's plenty that we need to there's plenty we need to do in this game. Mm-hmm. I'd I'd really I I don't know how I want us to line up because I just don't know who's gonna be available. I I think Wait Hamill's back from COVID, like Hamill's back from COVID thing, whatever that was. Um, so it'll be, we've got, for once we actually might have options at the back. Geria was rested against the Mariners. So, yeah, quietly confident. But, um, yeah, are we going to do predictions or we we just pass that now? We want to log off for the evening, gents. Um, um, I'll, I'll, I'll just one. basically, oh, yeah, you go ahead. I'll just quickly say that this is a, Obviously, it goes without saying must win, but the next three weeks after that are pretty brutal. It's MacArthur, City, and then Sydney. So three teams all above us on the the league table. So, like obviously, it goes without saying every week you want to get the three points. But gee whiz, if you if you do lose week. this game or drop points, ahead. then then there's probably start to uh, you can probably start to have some cause for concern. And I, I think it's one of the correct and mistake I made earlier in the pod. I think Jason Davidson threw me off in our interview. I think he said that we're going to play Brisbane roll back to back. Unless I was hearing things, Dave. So I made a no, I, I do recall hearing that as well. Um, yeah. Maybe the I don't know if there's been some rescheduling, but so yeah, to my knowledge, maybe. that isn't happening. But we'll we'll see yeah. what happens. He may have some knowledge that we uh, aren't across. True, but yeah, I mean, victory have have to win this, and I mean, you mm. make the uh, make make your opportunities. Correct. Yeah. So brutal, brutal three three weeks coming up. They have to make the most of it. I'm getting also- vibes. Sorry, I'm getting vibes. Sorry, mate. I'm sorry. I'm just getting vibes from this Melbourne victory side. It's like late Kevin Musket era vibes where we need to play Friday nights. If we play a team on a Friday night, we'll beat them. 
if we play a team on a weeknight, we will lose. If we play a team on a Sunday afternoon, we will lose. Um, so I'm going to back us in for the Friday night and 2-1 Vuck. Clarky? Oh, I'm trying to be optimistic here. I'll, I'll say it's going to be the full popper ball experience and we'll we'll get a jammy one right at the end there. So I'll just say 1-0 to the Vuck. Also, i got to add, Jason, that in between those games against City and Sydney that we've got coming up. So we've got yep. MacArthur, City and Sydney, but between City and Sydney FC, we've got a trip to Vissel Kobe as well. Yes, yes. Yeah, so... Yeah, yeah. Shit's getting <laughs> hectic. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I, I, I'm I'm going to predict a buck win. I just think Popper will drill it into their brains. He's going to sear it into their skulls that this is absolutely no excuses. We have to get the three points here on the road up in Brisbane. Margiotta to score. Kelleva to keep a clean sheet. Fuck the haters. Um, Mon the Vuk. Mon the Vuk. <laughs>